I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome back to Canto by Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How have you been? I feel like I haven't seen you in seven weeks. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, New York entered into phase two of reopening which meant i was back at the office which was weird after three months wow how many months were you out three dang yeah because we went into lockdown at the end of march How was it going back to your office? Very strange. Like, I mean, it's probably better for me mentally to, like, get up and go to work. But it did kind of suck to not be able to wake up five minutes before nine and just grab my laptop and work from bed. But, yeah, and it we're facing, like, offices are at 50% capacity. So um, half of our staff is working from our office in New Jersey. So it's still like fairly empty, but it's, it's, it's really weird. Like, you know, big warning signs up everywhere and you can only have four people in the elevators at a time. And like they have a separate entrance and exit so that there's not as much traffic in one area. It's crazy. Like the measures and how just, it's the same place, but just, like, everything's different. Like, you have to enter a different way. Like, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, you know, you got to social distance from your friends. Like, you can't, like, hug people. And that's always the weirdest because, like, some people, like, still try to hug you. So it's, like, weird. And then, like, do you, I mean, you wear masks. You wear gloves, too, or just masks? Not gloves, just masks. And we have hand sanitizer everywhere. I actually managed to, like, because I do the supply ordering in our office, and I actually managed to find some hand sanitizer. So I was happy about wow. that. So we have some at, like, like, every, you know, like, high traffic area, and everybody has it at their desks. And 
That's awesome. Yeah, the hand sanitizer in my office like reeks of vodka. Like it's like I'm rubbing vodka all over my hands, which like isn't isn't the worst thing in the world, but it also isn't the best. But how has the how's the casino been? Um it it's been okay. I mean, definitely it's not as busy as it used to be. We aren't really doing a lot of promotions or anything and I don't know it's it's good to be back it's good to get into like a groove again you know all the restaurants across the street are opening back up so it's nice to see how happy they are that we're coming over and supporting them like I get like a kid's meal chicken bowl every day from Rubio's and they're always like so happy that I'm there and they're like, thank you for your business. And I'm like, thank you for providing me chicken bowls because I don't know where I'd be without my kids' meal chicken bowls. But, yeah, everything's as good as it should be. I mean, hopefully, you know, things get better and don't get worse because I hear, I feel like every day that just there's more cases, people, more people are getting sick, like people well, aren't yeah. listening to the rules because... Or the rules are bad like they were in like texas and places where their numbers are going up because they reopened before they should have uh it's going to be a bummer when everything like shuts down again yeah but yeah i mean it's not terrible in california like people still like follow the rules i think i mean i went to the beach last Saturday to just like walk around and like there wasn't really like a lot of people there so it was nice to know that you know people are following the rules and the people I did see were all wearing masks we're all respecting social distancing that's the thing that's really tricky is the respecting the social distancing because Carlos surprised me yesterday and took me to a museum that had um, a big like Disney exhibit. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because like there was really no one there. It was nice to walk around like at like old Disney artifacts, like the first Disney ticket and some old Walt's old shit. But it was just funny because it's like some people just like didn't get that this was a pandemic and like they would like get like really close to you. And I'm just like, ah, unacceptable. Yeah, and I mean, it's like I get close to Carlos because, you know, that that's my partner. But, like, uh, all these other people aren't my partners. Like, no. Six feet, but. I, I heard that Disney is postponing their reopening. Yeah, they did it. They postponed their opening. And most importantly, which I think this is great news. I was going to say great and fantastic, but I'm not Eric Strathers. They are um, remastering Splash Mountain into a Princess and the Frog ride. Yeah, I was reading about that. That's a good idea. I think that is a wonderful idea. Like the Song of the South probably should have never had a ride in the beginning it's a very racist film and the fact that 
the ride is beloved by so many Disney fans. Like, it's just a little nutty because it's like, I enjoy that ride. I enjoy that ride for like the nostalgic feelings I would get. You know, like I would go with my family. I would go with my friends. Like, it's a ride I've been with on with, like, with so many people. But at the same time, I have never sat down and watched Song of the South. You know, like yeah. no one has ever watched Song of the South. Like, if you have, like, DM me, like, tell me about it. Give me a TLDR. But I think it's so appropriate now for them to redo it and to, you know, make it a better ride, make it a better experience because with characters that we know, and that's the thing is that it could still be called Splash Mountain. And even if it's not, like, we already have two mountains anyways. Like, I think. People try to say that, like, Disney has, like, all of the mountains, and it's not necessarily true, and Disney fans are the worst when it comes to change, so a lot of people are not liking this change, so suck it up, guys. It's happening. Yeah. Deal with it, and also people that are disappointed that Disney's not reopening, um, stay at home. Yep, I mean, there's there's a pandemic. I think that the workers from Florida are trying to uh, fight it too, which I, I feel like California was very successful in doing that because literally they were supposed to open in like a little over two weeks because it was the 17th, which was the ironically the anniversary of Disney's opening. And I think Florida's opening like in a couple weeks because they've already opened downtown Disney or their Disney Springs. They've opened some of their golf courses. Like I follow like the Disney World News Today Twitter page and they were posting pictures at their golf courses and just how much hand sanitizer and everything. That's the thing that I'm surprised that's reopening is like mini golf courses and like giant malls. Like wouldn't you think because especially like you're touching all these clubs, you know, you're touching the golf balls. Like I just... Yeah, Florida. Florida. I mean, I guess because like people are, they're just using their own equipment, but it still seems gross. Yeah. And it just, it's it's really tricky because as much as I miss the Disney parks and it other, you know, hobbies that I enjoyed, like I respect that there's a lot going on in the world and that it's best for me to stay away from places that have a high population of people so that, you know, we can all get better before, you know, going back there and possibly respreading this virus, like, or spreading it more. And it just, it's crazy that people just don't understand that. And especially like the measures that Disney was doing, like it would have been a nightmare for someone to want to try to go to Disneyland because number one, it would probably be at like 30% capacity. So that's not even a lot of people to begin with. And think about all those people that like see that Disneyland is open and just are like, I'm just going to go to Disneyland. Like I do that all the time too. You know, if Carlos and I are spending like a, a week together or something and we're like, Hey, like let's go to Disneyland tomorrow. Like spontaneous trips like that can't happen anymore. Like imagine like a family of like four, like going to Disneyland thinking that, Oh, it's open. Let's go. And them getting there driving from God only knows how long to realize that they can't get in. But uh, it's just tricky. I, I'm happy they're not reopening and I just, I want everyone to get safe, get healthy, you know, 
maybe slow down with these phases because you guys are at phase two. I think we're at phase three. Okay. But I could see it going back to two because I feel like every day there's just way more cases. But, I mean, at least they canceled Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it sucks, but it's good. Yeah, it's definitely a bummer I won't be able to see everyone, but maybe we can have like a virtual Star Wars celebration. That'd be fun. Just to do something. Yeah, something to keep our spirits high and have fun. That's what we need. But, um, so it is the end of June and there's no Star Wars news. And I really wish that rhymed. It doesn't at all. Have you done anything Star Warsy the past, like, couple days, weeks? Have you watched no. any films? No, I haven't really. Um... I haven't really been watching much of anything. How about you? No, I didn't even see anything Star Wars and that Disney Archives like museum thing. Like it was surprising. Like I saw a lot of costumes from like Frozen. Like they had some like Ford versus Ferrari shit because they like to brag like just a tiny bit that they have Fox now. Mm. But I'm surprised they didn't have anything like Star Wars related in there. So. Um, yeah, the only the stars things I saw is there was a little bit of Obi-Wan series chatter. Um, but it wasn't, wasn't, you know, it wasn't really like news news. It was Deborah Chow was talking about how like the different experiences, like working on this, working on the Mandalorian and how like, you know, she came in to do her episodes of the Mandalorian but now, like, she's doing all of Obi-Wan and sort of what the difference there is. And it got me thinking that I, I, I'm interested to see, like, the difference that makes in a show to have one person doing, like, all of the episodes and how that's going to, to feel and whether it'll feel more like maybe like a movie or, or a miniseries or something where it's much more tightly related to one voice. I would hope so. I mean, I've always been interested in Star Wars because I feel like each movie is directed and written by a different person other than, you know, the prequels, which were all done and written by George Lucas. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see Deborah and what she does with this Obi-Wan series. Like, I think because it's like I feel like everyone already has like an idea of what an Obi-Wan series would be. But I can see her, like, really, like, mixing it up and doing something, like, completely different and completely something that we all couldn't think of. Yeah. Which and, is um, yeah. another Baby Yoda. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, there, and, you know, we got confirmation they're using something similar to the, the volume, which is the big, you know, screens that they used for Mando, which Ewan McGregor seems pleased by because he was talking about how difficult it was to just be in front of green screen all the time when you can't see the environment you're supposed to be in. I 
know how those people did it way back when in like the early 2000s just being like surrounded by like green screens like I remember watching like bonus features footage of like Natalie Portman just like running and ducking and like just green screen I'm just like how the fuck does she know what she's doing like yeah. she must be yep, that poor girl but he seems excited I am excited for Ewan that he is finally going to reprise his Obi-Wan role and that he's regrowing that wonderful beard because every time we see pictures of him that look like he's in like zoom meetings with like different people I'm like that, that's the beard it's grown back because I remember when everyone before this was announced would like see him and be like oh he's growing a beard he's gonna be Obi-Wan again but now it's like and by everyone you mean you I I, I think that I cannot speak alone I cannot say that just me because it's very selfish. I know that there are many. No, other I'm just saying Obi-Wan that you are fans. you are very much included in that because oh yeah, long before this was a thing. Like every time you saw him with a beard or anywhere, you're like, oh my god, this must be for Obi Wan. Especially when you showed up to the solo premiere. That's when I was just like, I'm done. Like he's here. Like he's here to stay. Like no one can tell me otherwise. Like why would they invite him? I mean, because he was in a Star Wars movie, but... Yeah, but they didn't really invite anyone else that was in a Star Wars movie other than, like, they invited Billy D. They probably invited Harrison, but he didn't go. Was he I'm there? sure they invited plenty of movie people who didn't come. There's always, like, people at movie premieres where you go, what the fuck is that person's connection to this movie? And it's not that they have any connection to it. It's just they were there and they're a celebrity. I guess. Don't they get paid to do, like, appearances, too? Like, I can't imagine just, like, getting paid to, like, go to movie premieres, get your picture taken, go watch a movie, and then go home. I mean, it's, like, there's a certain amount to, like... I mean, that that shit is work. Not, like, going to the movie itself, but doing, like, the press for it and stuff definitely is. Yeah. It's definitely a lot. Like, you have to... Your day starts like literally at like as crack of dawn, you know, you got to get your outfit together, you got to get your makeup and hair, you got to, you know, figure out, you know, what these people are going to ask you so that you have like responses in your head. Like, it's definitely a lot of work. Like, it looks, it looks fun because it's like you see all these people, they're all dressed up, ready to go to some fancy event. And you're like, oh, wow, that's a nice dress. But then it's like they have to answer all these questions and it's like being interviewed every single day of your life and that's that's stressful pretend to be excited about some shitty movie you just saw what movie premiere would you want to go to like anywhere from like in the last like 30 to 40 years to like now like you can go back in time there's a time machine waiting outside your door you could hop in it and go to any movie premiere I don't know. I would have liked to to go to something where like the movie itself was particularly shocking for the time. Um, I mean, I don't really know what movie premieres were like in the 60s, but I would I would have loved to see like the premiere one of the first screenings of Psycho cuz that was such like a revolutionary um movie 
just just something where like the audience would have just been like what the fuck is happening like i would like the exorcist or the shining or something like that not the sixth sense (laughs) not the sixth sense uh i think in terms of star wars like the force awakens would have been really like the coolest one in a lot of ways because that's the one where like star wars is is back (laughs) you know and I think I think that would have been cool. How about you? Yeah, probably The Force Awakens. Uh, I have some. I met some friends at a D twenty three expo a couple years ago who actually went to The Force Awakens premiere, and they said it was like the one of the best experiences of their life. Like you're just surrounded by so many Star Wars fans. You're surrounded by like the literal fucking cast of the movie, like watching the movie and just everyone going nuts. And probably The Last Jedi, too, because, like, being in the room with, like, everyone, like, watching this movie for the first time with everyone who is actually watching it the first time without any spoilers, without any, like, any this or that, like, that was just such, like, a shocking movie. And it just, it made you feel not a different way about Star Wars after like coming out of the theater, but just like what's next for Star Wars. I think that's like such a wonderful feeling coming out of the movie being like, oh my God, like what's next? Like I have no idea what's going to happen in the most like positive ways. And I miss how Star Wars used to make me feel like that, make me feel, you know, excited and that so many awesome things are going to happen. Wow, I'm positive. But <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other like movie premieres, but I can't think of anything. Like there's no really other movies that have like hit me the way that Star Wars has. I mean, definitely like the past, like the two Avengers movies, Infinity War and Endgame were like really good. That would have been interesting to be in a room with a bunch of people. But I'm not as educated about Marvel films as a lot of our friends. So but still, I enjoy them. Like, I thought the last two movies were really, really good. My experiences watching them in the theaters were awesome. Yeah. But maybe maybe Thor Ragnarok, just because I want to be at any premiere that Taika Waititi is at, because I just want to hang out with him, because that man fills me with joy. If only you were sitting next to Mark Ruffalo, so you could have told him that he was live streaming the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> Oh, man. Mark Ruffalo. He's such a good dude. He seems like a good guy. Yeah. Good guy. So, how is your Fast and Furious podcast going? Um, so, we are now... We've recorded... All of the movies and the cartoon. And we did a wrap-up episode... We are recording oh my God. next week. There's one of those terrible, like, parody movies by the guys who did Scary Movie and, like, Meet the Spartans and all those horrible pieces of shit. They did, like, a Fast and the Furious one. So we're recording an episode on that next week. Um, there's not much to say about it because that movie is shit. But then we're just going to be talking about Vin Diesel, which I'm excited for. <laughs> The new man in Emily's life. Scoot aside, he's, Mendo. <laughs> he's 
fat. Oh no, he's not like he's like it's so weird because I I sort of see him as a completely like unsexual being because he's just like not a person, but he's fascinating. That's how I feel about John Cena. Like I just I don't think that he's a person. Like he just is a robot. But Vin Diesel. I know you guys watched The Pacifier, which is like a Disney movie, but you guys just live tweeted it on Twitter. Like, I would love to listen to you guys, like, just talk about, like, that. Yeah, we're going to do it, which means I have to watch that fucking movie again. I'm really annoyed. <laughs> oh, man. I've, I have shamelessly watched that movie too many times to count. Oh I my god. Don't even remember what happens in it. Like all I remember is that one of the kids is doing a play of the sound of music and Vin yeah. Diesel's helping him out with that. And then yeah. there's a little girl, she's a girl scout, and then that's it. Like that's all I know is that Vin Diesel comes in, watches the kids because like their SEAL team dad was killed or something. Their dad, I don't remember exactly what their dad did, but he was some sort of, like, government guy and had plans, like, technology or plans for something, and he gets killed, and, like, they're trying to find the, the plans or whatever it is, and then, like, Vin Diesel has to watch over the kids. It's pretty bad. And there's a duck. Oh, yeah, because the kids have a pet duck, right? Yeah. How could I forget the duck? And then the duck, like, bites a bad guy in the dick at the end of the movie or something like that. Oh, dick humor. It's it's a real masterpiece. It truly is. You know what movie I watched for the first time the other day? What? Air Force One. Oh, yeah. You were messaging me about that. What did you think? I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, like, honestly, like, I kept hearing for years, like, how great Air Force One is. Like, I think I was listening in a, to an episode of, like, uh, Steel Wars' Patreon episode of, like, Juklin Strikes Back. Where they were just sitting talking about Air Force One. I'm just like, what is this movie? And apparently Harrison Ford is like really good in it. And it's fine. I watched it. And you know, it starts off as, oh, Harrison Ford is the president of the United States. And he's dealing with a daughter who's just like, you don't understand me, dad. And then like all of a sudden, like someone hijacks his, his plane. And then just all this shit is going on. And it just then the graphics are awful and it just it's so like i hate throwing the it's so unrealistic card but like especially like a movie about you know a president you know like dealing with these kind of issues i'm just like I and mean, it's not a movie about a president doing it's a president it's a movie about the air force one getting hijacked by terrorists yeah those are issues <laughs> i'm just saying expecting some sort of realism is maybe a mistake I guess, but it was just... It, like, it's not supposed to be a serious drama. It's supposed to be a action thriller. A serious drama about the president 
defeating the terrorists. No, it's Harrison Ford yelling, get off my plane, and then, like, kicking people. Oh, yeah, he really did yell, get off my plane. Yeah. That was the only part where I was like, I, I get this. It's a very 90s action movie. And, you know, it's got Harrison Ford. It's got Gary Oldman. Like, I get why, like, people enjoyed it at the time. I think maybe there is some blind nostalgia going on there and claiming that it's, like, some great movie. But yeah, I just, I, I, I just don't get it. And just it was one thing after another. Like, and then at the end of the movie, they're like jumping from plane to plane. I'm like, oh yeah, that's realistic, you know? Just like it just was just one thing after another after another, and I just I didn't get it. Like, I love Harrison Ford. I respect Harrison Ford as our president of the United States in the 90s but yeah I did finish Queer Eye though it was a good season it was it ended and I wanted more and of course that was when they were like okay we're done that's it yeah I always need more of that show I do I still haven't what were you going to say Oh, I ran out. No more Queer Eye. I ran out of, like, Top Chef is over. Like, I don't have any just, like, mindless shit I can watch. The only mindless shit I'm watching, of course, is uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I have finally reached the point where Kim and Kanye are together. So I am, like, in, like, 2012, possibly early 2013, so I'm making great progress. <laughs> so how much more the show is left? Seven years. Oh, my God. Which, but I did get, because the show started in like 2007, 2008. So if I've made great progress. Like so much has happened in these past like couple years. Like Chloe got married. Kim got married for 72 days, got a divorce. Courtney had two kids. She just had her second child, Penelope. And like so much is going to happen in like the next spinoff because like there's the seasons and then there's the spinoffs. So right now it's about to be Kim and Courtney take Miami. And this is supposed to be the season where uh, at the end of it, Kim reveals that she's pregnant with North. And North is already like six or seven years old now. So this is how far back we are. crazy stuff but it just it's funny like watching this and thinking what was I doing in 2013 or 2012 like it's kind of fun like going back and being like I remember watching this like I remember little snippets and I remember you know which people I can't stand the most and which ones like are kind of tolerable hmm so that's nice. I just, I, I like a nice distraction. Like I like a nice, it, it's kind of like nostalgia too, because it's something that I like grew up watching at the same time. It's just like reality quote TV, but yeah, it's fine. I'll live with it. Huh. Well, uh, do you want to get to email? Sure. Okay. 
Let me see what emails we have. Oh, we have an email from our friend Ian. And Ian says, I sent this a little bit ago, but then I realized I never picked my kill fuck Mary. So we got a kill fuck Mary of hot Laura's. Laura Prepon, Prepon, Orange is the New Black, Laura Dern, The Last Jedi, and Laura Linney from Ozark. I'd kill, uh, Ian says, I'd kill Laura Prepon easy. But the hardest part is choosing whether to marry Laura Dern or Laura Linney. I think I'd have to marry Laura Dern because she's just everything. Then I'd fuck Laura Linney because it's Laura Linney. LOL. Anyways, good luck. Thank you, Ian. Yeah. Did you ever watch Orange is the New Black? I watched like one episode of it and was like, nope. It was fine. The first like season was really good. And then it just got kind of worse. And it was just one of those shows where, you know, I was already invested anyways. And I knew I had to finish. And it was not a chore to finish, but it just... You know, it's about women in prison. So it's like you think it's going to get better. You think that, you know, they're going to get out. But no, of course, like all this terrible shit happens and people get killed and it's awful. But But yeah. Thank you, Ian. Yeah. I mean, Laura Pepper is really, I mean, out of those three is definitely the choice to kill. I mean, partially because she's like a huge, like crazy Scientologist lady, but... Oh, I didn't know she was a Scientologist. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if she, like, for sure still is, but as of, like, a couple of years ago, definitely was. Like, hardcore. Well, I saw that one of her co-stars from that 70s show went to jail. Well, hopefully. He's, like, they finally brought charges against him after, like, a couple of years after these accusations, like, were made official. Like, Were these accusations known to the public for all these years? Yeah. I mean, okay. I've been reading about it for a while, but I, I also read some, like, blogs from, like, about Scientology, so. Cool. You read blogs about Scientology? Yeah, I'm fascinated by it. Like, not, like, from Scientologists, like, from people outside of it, but. Oh. No, and I fucking loved, uh, Laura, um, what's her name? Later, Remini's like show about it that she did with, um, like Render, who was also like used to be like a real like high up in the Scientology, like food chain before he left the church. It was a fascinating show. And aren't they really spiteful when you like leave the church? Like they try to to kill you and shit. Well, maybe not try to maybe maybe not try to kill you, but there's been lots of. like threatening lawsuits and like sending private investigators after people. And, you know, there's the whole like disassociation thing where if you leave the church, anybody who is still in the Scientology like cuts you off. And that's very interesting because I think I remember reading too that like she was like forced to go to uh, Tom Cruise and um, Katie Holmes's wedding. Like, you know, like, they have to go to these events and, you know, they have obligations. Like, they have to do them. Like, 
I think she used to be really close with John Travolta, too. And that's interesting, like, marrying someone who is a Scientologist. Like, I wonder what Nicole Kidman was doing in the 90s. Like, that's my question. I mean, I mean, that's like, like, like why she, I, I think now still, I'm not sure. Maybe it's changed, but the last I knew is like doesn't have contact with the kids that she and Tom adopted is because they're still in Scientology and they and like Scientology like basically like just poisoned her kids against her. That is so shitty. Yeah. I can't imagine. Huh. Um. Do you want to talk about Deadwood? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to mention this because I want it. I want to have this uh, on record, which is I got a text message from our friend Steel Saunders a couple of years, a uh, couple of days ago, being like, "Hey, have you guys recorded this week yet?" And I'm like, "No, we're recording on Sunday." He's like, "Oh, I have a fuck my kill for you." And I'm like, "Well, we'll see that sometime." Even he he made a joke about it too, but I'm like, "Okay, I want it. I want it time stamped now." So we'll have a a when are we actually going to get this fuck my kill from Steel? Ooh, let's make bets. Um, <laughs> I say it's not going to be until we record episode 151. Oh, that could be. Um, I also want to know, like, I want to know how many more times I'm going to get messages from Steele saying he's going to send it, and then he doesn't. I think last time I heard about the thing, like, three or four times before we actually got it, and it took, I think, a month. Oh, I I think it was, like, more than a month. It had to be, like, two or three. He's just a busy guy, like Hollywood Steel. Like he's doing Hollywood things, like Zoom meetings and appearances via Zoom. I don't know. Come on, man! There's a fucking pandemic. You can record us as fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. Oh, Steel Saunders. I miss Steel Saunders. <laughs> but yeah, you watched Deadwood. I did. I watched it at work. And you watched uh, Suffer the Children. Yeah, and thank God no children really suffered because I was thinking the whole time that they were going to kill the fucking child, which her name is Sophia. 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 Yeah, I was really worried just because, like, Ellsworth was a little fucking snake and I knew what Trixie possibly had up his sleeve and I'm just like don't you fucking kill Ellsworth, the child. No, no, no. Ellsworth is uh, no, no. Farnham is a little snake. Ellsworth is lovely. Oh. Ellsworth is um Ellsworth is the um like the the main like gold miner guy we see. Oh, okay. The scruff, the real scruffy one. I think he was in Supernatural. Yes. That makes sense. And, okay, I thought that uh, the curly-haired guy got killed by um, Al's Huntsman last week, but he's just alive. He just can't really talk. I think he just got the shit beaten out of him. Okay, good. I thought he was the one that died. I was going to be sad because he's a precious little thing. But uh, 
yeah, we got into Kristen Bell and her uh, brother a little more. They were awful. Yeah, because they're just a couple of little con artists. But it goes uh, very badly for them. Yeah, they literally get the shit knocked out of them and they get killed by... uh, by by yeah by Cy Tolliver and that's when you get to Cy Tolliver being fucking scary. You don't want to fuck with him. Like I knew when they were in that room with him, I was just I was already freaked out. I'm like, I'm turning the brightness down on my iPad. Like I I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't. It's a real gross scene because the when when uh, Flora Kristen Bell's character gets hit. And like it like fucks up her eye or something, so then the camera like goes all like woozy as well. Ugh. And and like Sai forcing Joni to be a part of it is where it gets like really fucked up and horrible. Yeah, was that the part that you like you say that you can't ever rewatch? I, I can't watch that scene. Like it's so brutal. And it's just like it's it's just like this prolonged nastiness. And I think that's one of the it's one of the times we really like we see the difference between between Sai uh, and Al because he, Al definitely still would have had them killed, but he just would have like had them killed. Yeah, Sai like tortured them. Yeah, and and Al would never like force Trixie to do that. No, because this episode, we got to see that that little sneaky motherfucker has feelings for Trixie. Like, he was asking the person who was, like, mopping the or scrubbing the floor, just, like, if she sounded mad when she was talking about him. And I'm just like, you little fucker. You (laughs) like her. You care. You're worried about her. Like, just seeing that he was worried about her, I'm like, you're awful, but I love it. Yeah, then that's that's why I I think it's it's such a you know the the dynamic between Al and Trixie and and Sai and Joni is so important to this show because they're like they're in the exact same position relative to each other, mm-hmm. but you just see that like it's just an entirely different like dynamic. Yeah, and it's interesting with Sai and Joni because like. All I see is fear there. Like, they talk about love and shit, but, like, I don't see it. I see fear. Like, even though, like, I get that they're in some sort of weird possible, like, relationship thing, but, like, it just it feels so unnatural and so, yeah. like, gross that, you know, I see Al and Trixie, and it's like, I know how awful Al is, and I know that Trixie is trying, like, she tries to kill herself, and then um, what's her face gives her that big piece of gold, and then the end of the episode, she sees Al, and she just drops it on his desk, hits him, and then just gets back in bed with him. Yeah, and it's sort of it's such it's such a like it's a hard scene in some ways because it's such a like I mean it's obviously like such a fucked up relationship and you also just sort of go okay but like really what else is she gonna do like even even like having some you know a big piece of gold 
how is she supposed to go and make her own life with it? Like, there's just, there's like not even like an entrance for it for her. Yeah, and it's like, I just, I feel so bad of how clueless Alma is. You know, it's like mm-hmm. she thinks, she's thinking that she's trying to help Trixie, but she's not. Like, she can't help Trixie. By helping Trixie, you leave. You fucking leave Deadwood. You take the child with you and leave because that's the most responsible thing to do, especially knowing that, you know, you have this gold. Like, just let go of the fucking gold claim. Like, just, I know that there's a shit ton of gold. Like, you're already rich. Like, go. Like, you're causing so many problems for everyone else. Like, Seth already likes you. Like, no... (laughs) No, girl, like that's gonna not end good, even though that Seth is oh wow, Alexa just went off. No, I'm not talking to you. But it actually booped like, okay, I'm not talk you're not talking to me, but uh I just feel like Alma is causing so many problems too by staying like she should just go like I understand you know the whole you know she's trying to go and says like oh but I promised uh wild bill I'll help you like just bone and get out like that's what you want just do it well the thing is like she could leave and still like keep the claim like she doesn't have to be there for that especially with Seth working for her like she could go back to New York and we'll um, we will s- shortly see. Um, I mean, beside the fact that she wants to fuck Seth, uh, one of the reasons she might not be so like gung ho to to go back to her family or anything. But yeah, she probably does something bad because she's bad. Uh, I will say you will... Let me see what episode this is. Oh, and they found a uh, vaccine for smallpox. Yeah. Oh, in episode 11, you get... um, You have a reason to have some uh, more sympathy for Alma. But... Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's interesting, like, getting to know these characters more and kind of trying to figure out, like, what's, like, going on or what's going to happen in, like, the next, like, couple episodes. But, you know, especially, like, uh, Trixie getting back to bed with Al, you know, that just totally, like, restarts, like, that little wheel of bad things. But... (laughs) I, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, what could possibly happen. Like, I know that they are probably going to try to kill Alma because of the fucking gold flame. And EB is such a little snake. Like, yeah, someone needs to kill him. Like, every time he's on screen, <laughs> like, I just, like, I want to go into the show and, like, do something about it. Because he's sneaky trying to get profit off of the claim he's just uh, I don't know why Al trusts him like Al needs to do better if he wants to really get something out of this well I think it's more that he Al trusts that he knows what Farnham will do like he, he trusts that Farnham will be a little cowardly weasel and so he knows 
like how to rely on that. Yeah. I don't know, but overall I'm I'm really liking this show. I always look forward to, you know, when to watch it. I always try to watch it like at least like a day or two before we record so that it's still like fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. But I really like it. I really like how it's going. I like how easy it is to get back up because I believe that when I watched it on Friday, I hadn't watched it in like a week or two and like everything was still like fresh in my brain. So it's easy to get back to. It's like riding a bike, you get back on. You start pedaling and you're like, I got this. I know how to ride a bike. Like, that's how I am when I watch Deadwood is that I got this. I I know what's going on in Deadwood. But the intro is so fucking long. There's a lot of that horse running around. The horse, and then, like, the back is someone's boobs. Then the gold. That's all I remember. But, yeah, I think uh, hopefully next week is a little more calmer. Um, I hope uh, Sai doesn't kill any more people because he's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He acts all nice and proper, but he'll fucking torture you if he gets a chance. Hmm. Well was a little short this week, but we didn't really have any news, and we got to catch up, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I just, before we go, I want to say, um, obviously, if you listen to our podcast for a while, you've heard us talk a lot about the Geek Dudes, and I want to say, if you listen to that podcast, if you haven't yet, um, please listen to the solo episode that uh chris fresh put out it's a very honest and blunt um talk about about trauma and mental illness and i think really worth listening to he's got a lot of important things to say and is sharing his own story and does it in a really um really honest way and i'm very uh, but like very proud of him for even being able to to get through it. But I just want to say, Chris, we like we love you a lot. Um, obviously, like people who listen to the show, we we play fight with Chris all the time. Like, occasionally, to the point where somebody people have asked me like, "Hey, are you guys okay?" But no, it's always because we love him uh, intensely. And Chris, we just you know we we are glad that you're working on getting better and hope that you continue to do so and. If you or, you know, anybody listening to this ever, ever needs to reach out and talk to somebody, we are always here. Yeah. I love you, Chris Fresh. I adore you. I hope you're doing well. I wish I was able to give you a hug, but unfortunately, you live in Australia. What the fuck? You said you're going to come to California. I'm waiting. My sister's waiting. My mom's (laughs) waiting. What the fuck you doing? I love you. I hope you're listening and hopefully we can get together and record something because I think that we need to establish what we are going to be arguing about for the next six months because we don't have anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we need you to come back. So we have, uh, we have more material. Yeah. We love you. And 
I am so proud to call you my friend. Um, anything else? No, I think that covers it. Uh, Emily, where can we find you in the podcast on social media? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind, and the podcast is at Cantobite Pod. You can also send us email to cantobitepod at gmail.com. Wonderful. And you can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. So thank you everyone for listening. We will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go. It's time to serenade my girl Lindo. Sorry, the ladies were had to say no, but if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto. No shame in the game. It even Rogue One seem tame, but I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main. Yeah, that's fire. Love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks. Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked, especially when y'all truly whips out his cock. Canto bite. Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E&B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity dude I didn't forget This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse be it scum and villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name Don't feel no shame You love the fun The games And refresher bangs Hang on every word Of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes Every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word Maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know Maybe ask the girls If Yaddle squirts Take your CBD Send in your top three, And you'll always be A bitch like me Get him Eric Get him Eric